0: Hey Filipino MomCast listeners, welcome back to episode 6. If you are here for the first time, we want to just simply welcome you and we are so so happy you're here. This little space in the podcast world is where our show opens up conversations around cultural and generational narratives. We share our stories of how we are deconstructing and navigating this journey of parenting and everything in between really to help other Filipino moms just like us. So my name is Lynn Tagangi and I am one of your FMC co-hosts And in this episode, Marianne and I are going to be sharing our experiences of moving to a brand new state as former pedestrians. I just actually learned that was a word. So I'm going with it. And for anyone that doesn't know what That means. It's basically a word for those who are born and raised in the Bay Area. So that's what that means. Anyways, we appreciate you for listening and also for sharing how this podcast is changing your lives. So, Jennifer of Flip Family recently shared, listened to this podcast during my morning walk. It hits all the points about what goes on in a mom's head, all those thoughts of guilt, and how to cope. So, Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your takeaways. And really just how the Filipino MomCast is helping you. We don't ever know how our show is reaching you as a listener. So, you know, we really want to encourage you to share it on social media and then be sure to tag us. And if that's totally not your style, that's cool too. You can always deem a Deem <laughs> DM us and share your takeaways that way. Also, if you have another Filipino mama in your life who needs encouragement or even if they're not Filipino but can benefit by learning more about how to connect with Filipino moms, you know, we wanna encourage you to share this podcast with them as well. We've also been getting some great feedback on how our show is helping those who interact or come in contact with other Filipino moms. it is really allowing them to understand how they are able to connect with them and serve them better. And also, if you want to learn more about how to connect with each of us on social media, do cool things like send us a voicemail or find other ways that you can support the message of this podcast, you will definitely be able to find all of that in the show notes of the podcast description. So that is all for me. I want to thank you guys again so much for being here. Now let's get started on episode six.
1: What has been your biggest takeaway from moving? Because I've been thinking about that a lot lately and I think that always happens when it gets warmer for me because it reminds me mm-hmm, of where you came from. Yeah. So what yeah, what have you learned moving to Oregon, the culture out there comparative to like living in the bay and then what you really enjoy about living in Oregon?
0: Um I is definitely starting is that I'm now starting to feel like this is home when I first moved here it did not feel like home I felt like it was a vacation that I was waiting for its end and wondering okay when I'm when am I going to go back because my heart wanted to be back where it was and every like streets left and right I knew how to get to places I knew my surroundings I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to relearn anything. It was, I mean, when we left, the time in Hawaii, but, you know, I'm not going to count that. Coming into Oregon, where it's this brand new area, and not being able to bring anything, anybody with you other than your family, like you're not allowed to bring anything that, it, that you are personally attached to. Like you don't get to bring your favorite restaurant. You're not allowed to bring your favorite boba shop, your favorite coffee shops, your friends, your visits, your, you know, all of the things that you have made a life around. It. You're not allowed to bring any of that. It really just felt like, I know it was a good move. I just could not comprehend it or see it or feel it. Felt like, like to be honest, I felt like a toddler that <laughs> didn't want to go somewhere, but I had to anyways. And I'm just kicking and screaming, trying to put my shoes on and not wanting to go out the door is really what it sees. I don't know if that answered your question. It does. But, <laughs> but what about you? When you um, because yeah, you you moved not too long after I moved. We took a drive up from California to Oregon. You had to, I don't even know how you get to Arizona. Like if you drive down and over or if you had to fly there. So maybe explain your transition from being a Peninsula girl to, you know, now being a desert girl.
1: (laughs) I've lived the entire microclimate that is the Bay Area in California, because I grew up in Milpitas. And then I moved to Daly City both of those cities are Filipino heavy. Oh oh yeah, heavy. that's a good word for it. Saturated. Yeah, saturated is a good, oh my gosh. Okay. You feel at home there. I did. From there, moving from Daly City, we went to Redwood City. We lived in Redwood Mm -hmm. City for like six years. And then from there, we moved all the way to Antioch because our house that we lived in was bursting at the seams and we just could not afford, obviously, afford a Mm -hmm. house in the immediate Bay Area. So we moved all the way to to Antioch there for 10 years. Then one spring break, we decided to visit one of Chris's cousins who lives out here. She's been out here for over 12 years, fell in love. And the reason why we also were open to the move was because the area that we lived in at the time was getting worse. And it, it, it really had nothing to do with stereotypes of the area. It was specifically towards physically see. The crime increasing to the point where Chris would tell me which shopping plazas I could go to, which ones I can't. He told me which gas stations I could go to and which ones I couldn't. And it's not because mm-hmm. he he was trying to control me; it was because he was trying to right. keep me safe. safe. And guess. that same year, twelve of the elementary school teachers decided that they were leaving, and that was the same yeah, year we way way went. Deal. It's a lot. Yeah. And every single one of those teachers, because we had. I'd been at that school forever. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, I said, what do you, what's going on? She's like, it's not going well. And I said, what do you, what would you advise for me to do? She's like, I would advise for you to go to another school district. Just was crushed because while some people really had an awful experience in that school district, we didn't. We had a great mm-hmm. experience. We had, we were very blessed with really great teachers who were committed to our their kids. And the fact that So many teachers were leaving and, or I had Lucas, I, it scared me. And when Mm -hmm. we went on spring break and we went to Arizona, Chris and I were like, could we do this? and i said we could in the time we wanted to have i didn't know if it was possible but you know god is the big god and he decided on how magical it would be and from april all the way to july in three months we went from deciding to selling our house and moving to to arizona and it was the craziest thing we've ever done the only reason why I truly believe we were able to do that was because God made moves in every stage. Oh my gosh. In every stage. So like the realtor that we met when we were in Arizona just happened to be um, Chris's cousin's best friend. She gave us a reference for a local realtor in California because you needed to have one in each so now we have two mm-hmm. realtors and I didn't know you had to have two realtors and to be a Christian and she prayed with us on the day that we met and she prayed with us on our very last day of closing our house so we put our house on the market in, in June four days later we had 10 offers all above asking I remember that day because the realtor was like okay guys this has not happened to me before here are all of your offers they're all above asking Um, make a decision and Chris and I just looked at each other and we were like what I mean we were (laughs) shocked 120% shocked we made a decision that family also wanted to close as quickly as possible and closed and funded and then we literally moved, I think, five days later to Arizona to our new house. That, by the way, I never saw in person. Chris was the one who came down mm-hmm. when he got all of his job offers. The first time I ever saw our house was the day that we moved in. If you were to tell that to me 10 years ago, I would have laughed because mm-hmm. I would have been like, I am not letting this guy pick my house. Stay at home mom. Yeah. Why would I let the guy pick the where I'm going to be? That's not something I would do, but I right. really trusted Chris in that moment and I just said all right and I remember that day he said this is our house I really I can feel it even the realtor said this is your guys's house and I just said all right let's go and the craziest part about our Arizona house was there were there were two other offers on the table besides ours they were all above asking ours was exactly at asking price and what our realtor told us to do was to write a letter and Chris wrote the letter because you know my husband he's very eloquent at writing he wrote this very heartfelt letter of why they should choose us and even if the other offers were significantly better than ours, that letter solidified our bid and we got this house. And it is, for me, still is crazy that those offers were head and shoulders above ours. I remember the market. Then everybody was buying in Gilbert. Everybody. It all of a sudden became the hot zone for everybody to purchase. We didn't know if we were going to have a house when we moved out here. We thought we would have to end up renting, but we, but we had this house. And I mean, I don't regret it. Yes, I would love to take our most favorite local places and family restaurants and our church family that was in Cal for the first six months of us living here at East El Creas. Man, this is perfect. I just wish we could take everybody where we live and just put them here because it's just, it's, yeah. it's everything that I, that was the one that was the biggest sacrifice we did. But we knew as a family of seven, we could no longer live in California and thrive. We only be in survival mode all day every day and Chris and I were tired of being in survival mode it was like we can't can't live like this anymore i mean and it's so hard mm-hmm. already as a family of 7 on one income to live in the bay and the right. fact that we were just like we'll never ever be able to quote unquote come home when we want and drive to our parents houses and we knew that that was going to be a very hard choice because our parents are getting older but at the same time, our day-to-day life was hard, so difficult that, and, and I know I should, my mental space was real dark. And mm-hmm. I knew that if I we didn't make a drastic choice, something drastic would have happened either to me yeah. or to Chris and, you know, our relationship or I knew and Chris knew. Yeah. So in three months we moved and we still feel the remnants of moving. The kids still say that they miss family. They still talk about how the culture out here is significantly different which it is we yeah. went from living in california that's a very diverse liberal state to a very conservative lds saturated community more like middle to upper middle class ish even some areas near us are a lot more money than we do even still even as a family of seven like you could you can tell moving for me was still better than staying where we were even now still it's still hard to say out loud we love living in the East Bay. We love the community. We had such a great community around us. I have such great friends. And even now the kids always say that I miss mama and papa. I miss my friends. And every now and then when they say that, I say, you know, what you're saying is completely valid. And I absolutely miss it too. But the opportunities you guys have out here significantly outweigh the opportunities we had back in California and they agree and
0: absolutely
1: and I think my oldest even said like oh so what you're saying is majority of America is is significantly whiter and I said yeah you guys were just blessed to live in a diverse area to you guys it's not weird to live in a Mm -hmm. predominantly Asian community because that's where we've lived our whole life I grew up in a predominantly Filipino community so I didn't even know any better they said like hell yeah we only had like one or two white friends. And I said, yes. They're like, yeah, now a lot of our friends are white. I was like, yes, but that doesn't make it any better or any worse. It's just different. That for them, that's been a very big adjustment. I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, it still builds character. And I even reached out to our, our old home church and I talked to them about it. And they even said, the great thing about this is that they can show other ethnicities or races what it means to be a Filipino and be Christian and be from a stable family you guys can be that that's what I just tell the kids because at the end of the day even if they don't believe it not everybody's families are like ours they're not and I know that they won't Mm -hmm. understand that until later when they're adults and they go to and they have their own families and they pick where they live and they may they'll probably not want to live out here with us which is okay they want to go back to the bay because you know it's magical but unless you're making a whole lot of money there's not a lot of options in that reality will hit sooner or later the biggest culture shock for me and the kids was just the fact that we went from being the majority to the minority and then not understanding Mm -hmm. that being in a productive Dominantly white community also means for me personally I don't feel like they're racist I think that they are culturally ignorant and they just don't know any better if you were to talk to my kids would strongly say otherwise because a lot of teenagers and I and that's why I always premise that they're teenagers teenagers are in general are selfish and they don't they just think they're invincible but a lot of the teenagers say very insensitive things because they think it's a joke and it's not a joke that's the only part that I think is the hardest and the fact that we're not near family and you know to be 100% transparent because my dad mm-hmm. is sick he has a terminal illness he will never get 100% back to where he was He got really sick. Whenever he goes back to the hospital, it now that we've lived here for three years. When my dad goes to the hospital, it triggers me in a way that my depression just like skyrockets, and I just go deep, deep in the sadness because I can't instantaneously just fly home. It's expensive. That's the hardest part about far, quote unquote, far away, is that when my dad gets sick, I can't, I can't just immediately fly home. I can, but then I'll just be in, in significant amount more debt, and that's. We always, always felt obligated to come home for every single thing. And we've learned fairly quickly that that's just not a plausible situation for a family of seven because it's basically a mortgage payment every time we come home. So we can't do that. But the opportunities that present themselves here for us are significantly better than they are in the Bay. We'll see what the kids want to do once they turn 18. They can fly. I'm, I'm not going to be that Filipino mom and say that they have to stay with me forever. I would like them to, but at the end of the day, I've learned that they'll go where they need to and they will stay where they need to. And that's, and I'm okay with that. I, I don't regret our move. Um, I love the community that we've built around us here. Our new church home is amazing. They're amazing. And I, they're one of the main reasons why my relationship with Christ has become significantly deeper. I also think that it sounds really dumb, but I think that Chris and I grew up when we moved because mm-hmm. we had to do things ourselves we had to really learn how to communicate there, which sounds really dumb because we were already together for a long
0: time. But nope. I feel like it is, it's is—it's a, a real thing to learn to communicate, especially when you've been together for such a long time and you've grown with each other. I can relate to that. Chris and I were young, just like you and Chris were. So for anybody who doesn't know, both of our husbands are named Chris. Just oh, gonna really- throw that out there. I think also people that we were when we met is not the same person we are now but in trying to grow with someone takes number one effort to hard work 1a and allowing somebody else to grow and give them space to grow I mean that means that you yourself have to like how do you word that grace 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 that is that's the word you just you have to have grace meaning that it is not going to be perfect marriage takes work marriage is hard and then you throw some kids in there and oh my gosh what did we just do i don't know i don't know
1: i don't know what we did and then on top of that you add more kids did we not learn with the first one that this is hard Mm -hmm. and then now we're gonna and then we added four more
0: who stopped at one? No, I'm just kidding. But you know, it was so funny because after I had my eldest, I, no kidding, like right after I delivered him to my midwife was how the heck do people have more than one kid? And
1: then, dun, 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 dun. because you know, like I just, because you know, you just
0: give birth, you go through that whole experience and you're like, oh my gosh, like who would put, who would in their right mind put themselves through that? Again, 20 months later, I'm like, hi, I'm here again. I'd like to deliver another (laughs) baby.
1: Yeah, that was us too. (laughs) And well, and that's what I'm saying. I think Chris and I grew up. Our mindset changed. I think with that growing, we've now learned to go from surviving to wanting more for our life, for work, to that's all we're going to do granted i know that our parents did that for years because they immigrated from one country to another one had to assimilate i don't even know how that works like i think about that often how our parents did that us chris and i moving i'm not going to say it's exactly similar it it sounds generally the same because now we have to assimilate to a different
0: area it's basically pulling out skills in you that you have to make work there is no way to backtrack from kind of like our parents coming to America once they decided you know I'm going to go to America because the land of opportunity and it's just going to be like thinking of the future right that means I guess if you want to say accepting that reality it means that you're going to have to do whatever that takes, you know? I mean, technically... We're not moving our family out of country, but it's the same thing. We are planting our flag in the sand that God says is permanent right now and saying that, you know what, we're here. We're going to, we're going to figure it out. I don't know. There's no other explanation for that. I mean, when we moved back to Hawaii for about three years and then we moved back to California, I honestly did not foresee us ever leaving. I did not know that that was going to be in our future honestly, I was thinking, okay, we moved out to Hawaii, tried it out for a bit. And then life happens. We now had two kids, we now needed to have some sort of like educational background behind us. And, you know, like start being responsible people to like make life work for a family. That's how God brought us back to Kelp. And I honestly thought that that was where we were going to plant our flag in the sand was there in the Bay Area. And then I did not foresee us ever leaving, you Mm -hmm. know, and when we Moved to Oregon, we had visited for the first time six months before we moved. When we first got here, there were a lot of things that you mentally need to sort through. And I know that for me, maybe I was in this box of like denial or resentment or something because I knew it was good, but I just could not allow myself to entertain that. I was not there mentally, I could not process that at all. I was thinking. Like once I was ready to allow myself to loosen up the grip of learning to appreciate where I was because I was grateful, but in my heart, I feel like I just, I I wasn't fully connected to what I wanted to feel. It was so very like much on a different level. Now that here, I mean, I don't know what's in front of us, still unknown. It's uncertain. I have no idea, but I can now say, looking back, even though we're still like on this ongoing journey of growth and development, there is a reason God brought us back to California. There's a reason why we were there for that amount of time. He knew that if we stayed there, we wouldn't grow and we wouldn't have the experiences that we have right now like you were saying how the kids have experiences in Arizona that they would never have had if you stayed in California and i can attest to the very same thing before we moved we we started to come to terms with knowing that you know we probably won't be able to stay in the bay area simply because financially is not feasible the quality of life has changed drastically from growing up in the Bay Area. Being a Bay Area native and being able to go outside your home and not having to worry about walking around the corner and there's there, the environment is extremely different. And that's not what we wanted for the kids. And it is amazing how God, He really knows how to, I don't want to say bring disruption <laughs> into a person's life, but He sure knows how to put you in a path that is not pain free, that comes with struggles, that comes with trials, in order to refine you into the person that he knows you need to be, that is going to fulfill his will, whatever that is. And I think the fact that we've been able to, we've basically done this alongside of each other, crazy. I think it's crazy. I, mean, I know how many more similarities are we are we gonna have on this journey
1: it's so funny i i don't know and i know and i lately i've been thinking about that a lot i'm like wow like we're kind of on parallel paths even Mm -hmm. if we didn't plan it that way which i mean we would never plan it that way ever no i know we both (laughs) moved around the same time but they were
0: completely different circumstances um yeah I remember getting the text and you're like, "So, yeah, we're moving <laughs> out of state." Also, yeah, by the way, I <laughs> was moving. Like, <laughs> I was like, Oh,
1: (laughs) welcome to the club. (laughs) Well, I guess
0: we'll just bite this off together. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe I should just blame you because you were like, oh, I'm moving. And I'm thinking like, oh, maybe I should move too. No, that's not. That's (laughs) literally not what we did. Yeah, that was not what happened. (laughs) But, you know, But, but the move happened. I think it's a good lesson for our kids because all of our kids have only known to be the majority. And I think it's interesting for them to learn what it means to be the minority because then I think that eventually they can become more empathetic with mm-hmm. other people of color. And you know what? I never realized that I was a person of color until I moved to Arizona.
0: Yeah. Because can definitely relate
1: because I lived in Filipino land, in two Filipino lands in the Bay Area. That's what I did. I moved from Milpitas, which was super Filipino and Vietnamese, and then mm-hmm. I moved to Daly City, and it was I mean, oh man, all you see are Filipinos.
0: <laughs> I was born in Daly City, by the way.
1: I didn't even know that. <laughs> and then, you know, the,
0: the hospital you see off of 680.
1: Mm. I don't even know. Won't I'm, I won't remember. Yeah. I won't remember. Be, I can't. I won't. I to now when I go back and visit my family, I I don't know where. I, I don't know how to drive there. It sounds really sad, but I can't. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and then moving to even just moving to Redwood City, yes, still more diverseness, but it wasn't. We still never felt like we were a minority. So when we moved to Arizona, we're like, oh we are, we are people of color here. So yeah, I've now learned what it means when people say people of color, because now I'm like, oh, we are people of color. Now I understand (laughs) what that means. And it took for us to move to Arizona to understand that that's who we are. And I'm like, oh, because I've never heard that I never heard that growing up and I just think it's so like, oh okay. But I yeah I just decided that cool, the color of my skin is the color of my skin and I didn't choose it. But I can choose my character and I can choose how I present myself Mm -hmm. and I can show people what it means to be a Christian mom of five kids in a predominantly middle to upper middle class white LDS community. I can do that and that's what mm-hmm. I've committed to do, but I still love it here. I love it. I here I love the LDS community. They are a great community to live with because lots of things are free here because they have lots of children, um, just like us. So we actually fit in real well. But that's the only part I think is just my kids are adjusting to. And I'm okay with that because it teaches them to have a voice. And they're all girls except for except for my youngest, but okay. that's okay. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Filipino MomCast. Don't forget to subscribe and to share this podcast with others, whether it's through social media, a text, or a quick shh. Hey, have you listened to these ladies? It's a small step in getting the conversation started and rippling that change into existence, which you play a huge part of. Thanks so much. We'll catch you on the next episode.